Welcome. Bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. MLB season over. First round of playoffs over since we last talked. I'm I'm comfortable with a three-game series calling it the first round. Are you okay with that? Play-in tournament? Yeah. No, it's it's a first round. I don't want to call it the play-in tournament. I don't like that. It's a, it's, it's a first round. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel, you know, I was thinking at first, like, oh, it's super unfair that all three games are at the home team stadium or at the, the higher seed stadium. And then, you know, I understand the practicalities, but then I was like, ah, baseball's so random that you have to be able to win a series at any given time or you shouldn't be in the playoffs. Or you should, like, you're not you, going to be Oh, you have to be able to win two out of three. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, or you're not going to be the champion. That's just the deal. Yeah, you're supposed... It, but it, it should be weighted to the team that did better. <laughs> yeah, well, so fat lot of good it did the higher seeds for three out of four, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, holy moly. I mean, the National League, it was completely expected. The Mets finished their collapse as predicted. The Braves did pass them. We uh, mm-hmm. we didn't we, got we haven't lorded that over everyone enough. Um, nope. That we that we did predict that. Uh, I mean, I, I I do feel a little bit for the Mets. Um, congratulations to the Mariners, of course. Big ups to the Mariners. Uh, that that series was so tough because yeah. I wanted two of those teams to win, I and I wanted exactly zero of Tampa Bay and Cleveland to go on. <laughs> Yep, yep. So <laughs> why why couldn't they both be in the second round? I know, oh. I know. How did the Phillies win? That I mean, of all of them, it seems like uh, yeah. In, in, in two games, in two games quickly over the Cardinals, didn't didn't seem to even really have any trouble, which is kind of scary because they didn't make any noise, and then they just finished it. They've got a route. I mean, they've got a route. They beat you know somehow they beat St. Louis. They've got their they've got the chance to kind of they've get, they're gaining momentum while atlanta was sitting there cooling down yeah it's a division rivalry which i mean i think more in like the nfl or the nba it matters yeah the, you know playing the division rivals but it does in baseball it does make things a little bit even more random about who's going to win not necessarily true. the better team on paper does that, uh, very true i i think if looking at the four series that are coming up i'm actually most excited for the phillies braves i actually think that's the most well, I think that's the most impactful. I think from a rivalry standpoint, obviously Dodgers Padres. Come on, that's amazing. Well, let's let's make our calls. What what do we got? Oh, you want to make calls? Um, yeah. Okay. How how do you want to do this? Are we just making straight up calls? I mean, I'm a, I'm honestly on the record already because all four of the teams that I picked for the for the championship series are still in it. So you're taking those four teams. I already, I already Yo, made so the So you're picks. just taking those four teams. I already made you're the gonna, picks. You're going to double down? Okay. I already made the picks. I'm doubling down. LA, I, Houston, New York, and I would say, I do think the, I think the Phillies are going to win. I, I don't, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're, pro, I think they're going to win more frequently than conventional wisdom thinks they're going to win, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I started from there of like, I think that they're going to win like 48% of the time. And then... I thought about everything, and I think that they're going to win. Okay. 
All right. Especially looking at some of this end of the season wrap up stuff. I mean, I expect that one of at least one of my picks will be wrong just because variance is so high in baseball. But I'm still going with the you know the people that I picked before. <laughs> That's gonna suck. So you, you could. I'm just gonna have to root. I'm not root, but I'm gonna have to like begrudgingly accept if the Yankees win that draw. I mean, yeah, yeah. How has the league become such a league of has teams with haves and have nots? Have Have you looked at the payrolls? <laughs> have you Have you looked at what they've done? What teams have done with the payrolls? I mean, I'm sure we uh, I'm sure we can do guess, a correlation. Yeah, yeah. What we should do one off season project. Just throw an idea out there. Payrolls correlated with winning percentage. It's gonna be pretty strong. <laughs> Yeah, let's take a look at that. Okay, we'll take a look at that. That'll be fun. Be easy. Wins correlated with... Sure. All right, so season ended. TGFBI happened. I was going to tell you what we're doing. I finished season 268. You finished the season 317. You know... You got we, it. We made it to the end. I'm going to talk... We'll talk a little bit about the reasons. We'll have a deep dive later, but that was just to just to keep us honest on things going yep. forward. Uh, did I believe... Okay, depending... Depending on where you look, Sandy Alcantara passed Justin Verlander. We're we're CBS people firmly. What would we do? If we're gonna if we're gonna go with CBS, Justin Verlander won. But uh, Fantasy Pros says that Sandy Alcantara was a number one. I mean, he's he's more number one in my heart than Justin Verlander. Well, I mean, poor guy, two hundred twenty eight innings in a in a time when the. <laughs> The next highest was two hundred five. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, I mean, <laughs> how old is for, how old is and, he again? And for what? <laughs> for what? How how old is Alcantara? Twenty seven. This is this was his, this is he in is, theory his best year. Man, he's going to be hot next year in the drafts. We'll have to we'll have to come back since we already talked about him. Obviously, early on, we'll come back talk about him again. Two hundred twenty-eight Sandy Alcantara innings is so different from two hundred two Miles Mikolas innings as well. Just, oh man, I know. Like, like, congrats on getting there. I guess. <laughs> Does it, hey, throw in ninety, having a mustache, just being there. Hey guys, I think we're gonna have I'm to. Here. We're gonna have to have a mustache rankings at the pitcher mustache rankings at the end of the season. I think someday, someday. So at the end of the season, I uh, felt felt appropriate to take a brief break from Stats One Hundred One, which will wrap up in the next couple of weeks, to just have some reflections on the end of the season. We both resolved to just come in with one little tidbit that we wanted to share. Maybe we'll do a little overarching discussion as well. So we'll talk through our little tidbits and uh, see where we end up. Okay, top line result for me. I'm going to advocate the fantasy season was fine. You know, I think my both both in a head-to-head league and in a full season roto is okay. I mean, I understood the theory. I feel like I largely understood the theory of the case. Uh, got a little unlucky. Got a little unlucky, which is always going to happen. You know, there's always going to be luck in fantasy baseball. Um, what do you do from there? What's your What's your top line takeaway for the season? Um, I was going to say, can I say stochasticity? <laughs> I I think yeah, word word of the year is stochasticity for sure. I think that we're we're coming back. We're we're getting back into normalizing normalizing a little bit into like regular amount of stochasticity. I felt like last year was very was more predictable a season, and then the year before that, you know, twenty twenty was a just like a joke, right? Yeah, it was like a joke, but it like in the way that it made sense because you just had such a short season, so it was just like a half of a 
half of a season the way that a half of the season is. And usually in a full in a full season, you kind of have some normal. Everything kind of spreads, gets down to the center. But this year, um, this year I felt well, there was more stochasticity than last year. And I think that that's we're, we're going to have to get back to the regular season-to-season uh, season, um, grind of changes. I, I think that's right. Okay, that's a good one. That's a great... I think that sets up my next statement, which was, let's just make some goals for the offseason. I have two here. I want to make the, the 2023 predictions, obviously. Um, and the big goal for me actually there, beyond just hitting the button to go, which is pretty straightforward, is introducing a slightly cleaner uh, write-up. I have a write-up right now. Um, it could be better, obviously. could always be better. So I'm going to spend actually some time tinkering with that. And then just piggybacking off of that similar goal compare with the 2022 predictions just see just check in um, on how we did here and see if we can do a little bit better see where we went wrong we we already know sort of some of the problems early career guys always going to be a problem uh, but we'll go from there what about you off-season goals i the one goal that i have is mention more players okay i want us to be looking at more players mentioning more players we've gotten into i think We've gotten to more and more of the habit of like having the couple of guys mm. that we look at to tune our models because we know them mm. and are like we, some of them are special to us. <laughs> some of them we predict well, some of them we don't. Um, I think that this year more than others, there are guys in the top 60 that I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> he was in the top 60. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, he slipped in at the last second. It was like, who the fuck is Michael Harris the second? Right. So, okay. So I think if, if I were to put numbers on that goal, I like the idea of at the end of the 2023 season, we look and see when the first time we mentioned all the top 60 guys on the pod is. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> it better be early. Ideally, it's early. I think that'd be a fun, I think that'd be a fun little, fun little metric for us to look at. So we'll keep track of the players that we mentioned. See when we do it. Oh, maybe. See how important. Maybe we have to hash. Maybe we have to hashtag every player that we mentioned in the pod. I don't know about hashtagging every player. That Let's could... do it. Okay. All right. All right. Who, who might have? Give me something to do when I'm writing up the podcast description. Who might have questioned this? Fair enough. We'll go from there. Uh, all right. So I think I think we were set up pretty well for the off season. I'm excited. I think it's. I always am happy to get the full season of data to look at. It is, it's a lot of data. One place. It's all together. Uh, it's fun to have the aggregate. It's fun to then break it up into the disaggregates. I think mm-hmm. some good times ahead for us. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's share a couple of plots here. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, well, yeah, I want to go first. Sure. What is? Do you know what this nope. is? I have no idea. You have a scatter plot. I have a scatter plot. But it you have a scatter a, plot. A scatter plot. Is a scatter plot. Um, would it help if I told you what the um, correlation coefficient was? Uh, can I guess first? Sure. What, what do you think it is? If the correlation coefficient is more than 0.2, I will be blown away. I'm only showing you, I have set the Y limb and the X limb to 0, 100. Oh, okay. So you're showing this me the, you're showing showing me the, the high stochasticity region. I, then I'm going to have no idea. Do you, do you want me to give you correlate? I'm not going to give you the correlation coefficient on that. This is the um, four hitters. In 2022, VBR is, um, from Fantasy Pros, it is the end-of-season ranking. Mm. PVBR is the preseason ranking. Uh, 
hitters. Okay. The correlation coefficient for the whole data set, I'm just showing, again, I'm just showing you, I have limited the X and Y axis for Michael. Mm -hmm. Um, 0.51. Well, when you get out to the later stuff, this correlations tighten up a decent amount. A little bit. But in the in the top 100, so you're showing the top 100 guys, end of season. Actually, I'd be curious. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to count off of here. I'm curious how many points are actually in this region. It's not it's not 100, I don't think. I I don't know. I, I mean, it would take me a second. It's 0.36 what you're seeing. Oh, that's higher than I thought. Okay. 0.36, yeah. So I going back to my my comment, I need to look at the top where where did I miss? What did I miss in the in 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 the players that are there yeah. in the top one hundred? You know, and so I have to. Sh- we know we know that there's always a preseason. There's a gap between preseason prediction and the actualization of those stats. But, but let me but, play devil's advocate for a second. I mean, is this really the interesting region of the plot to look at? This is saying, okay, the guys preseason ranked top one hundred. Where they end up at the end? Where did they end up in the top one hundred at the end? So I did put together, I, I totally get you. That's a hard p- piece of the puzzle to actually crack and un- unwind. So I, I did put together two two sets of queries. One was what I'm calling this data frame, DF underscore hit underscore miss up. And it is, um, it is where the preseason round, so I divided I, that VBR stat that I, I said, which is a ranking, I've divided it by 15. Okay. Rounded it to get the round of the uh, gotcha. player in to kind of aggregate up, bin it, bin this yeah, shit up. Gotcha. Um, so preseason round minus round if it was greater than one. So if a player had jumped more than one round, and their um, their final round was uh, if they were a top sixty player at the end of this. All right. So that's hit. Do you have hit miss up? So that was let's see. Who's do you want to hear just like a couple? Let me just yeah, pick a couple of players. So we got Paul Goldschmidt, Dansby Swanson, your buddy Julio Rodriguez, um, Adalas Garcia's in there, Willie Adames, um, Ahmed Rosario, Glaber Torres, Dalton Varsho, Brandon Drury. Those were just a couple of the guys. That's a, I mean, on that list, it's a fun, fun list of guys. I think those, those are the guys that you really it's an interest wanted list. to get for your fantasy season. <laughs> If you had those, you did you did pretty darn well, yep. right? Yep. If you had a couple of those, hit on a couple of those, and then on the pitcher side, it's Alec Manoa, you Darvish. It's, I mean, Zach Allen, Dylan Cease. It's funny. Some of these names were like really big preseason. Tony Gonsolin. I think I think they're bigger fantasy darlings more than anything else, right? They're they were like these are guys that maybe were tipped by the fantasy community as unexpected value. I mean, I'm looking at. I'm looking at yeah, Gonsolin is a is a huge one, right? He had no he had no stated role going into the season, no obvious role going into the season, but people liked his stuff fantasy wise. But he did. I would say, think is interesting here about the pitchers versus the hitters is I think that it was a little bit more knowable. Like pe- I, people talked about Framber Valdez preseason and he overproduced this year, right. and you know, awesome. Same thing right. with, I mean, there were heated debates about Tony Gonsolin. And you knew the same thing. I guess you knew the same thing was true for Manoa. I mean, Spencer Strider, guy that we just talked about, right? We know he appears on this list. He's also a guy like that. Daniel Bard came out of that, finally came out of that Colorado bullpen, weren't sure. And, I mean, he he was hugely valuable if you got him for saves this year. Um, 
Yeah, it's an it's an interesting list. I, I I agree with your thesis though. Okay, so this is more knowable than on the, the pitcher side. than the batting side. The batting side, the names that you listed, I mean, most of those were not on my radar. And batting is always a kind of a how quickly yeah. can you pick up a guy off their waiver wire type thing at the hint of that something good is going to happen. Oh yes, yeah. How how fast can you pick them up before someone else gets it? Like Brandon Drury as like yeah. finally like I'm in i'm finally in i will do it and then <laughs> he's been gone like, i didn't put a high enough bid in. yeah exactly yeah one league is already gone the other league he's uh my bid was way too low interesting pitchers on the other side continuing unknowable only seven if if i say their preseason round minus their um no i'm sorry take their current ranking at the end of the season minus a preseason ranking if that's two spots so if they dropped two spots uh, in the course of the season, and they were a, a um, top 60 player. Only 17 pitchers versus 21 hitters missing downwards, which was, I, I was sort of surprised by that, that it was, again, a little bit more knowable. Yeah, I, I like this. I like this knowable statistic that you've developed. <laughs> the knowability of something. Well, it, and it's sort of, it's sort of like, listen to this list. You got Charlie Morton. Jacob DeGrom, Lance Lynn, uh, Frankie Montas, our buddy, Tyler Molly, Michael Kopech, Nate Eovaldi, Lucas Giolito. I mean, we destroyed Lucas Giolito early <laughs> in the season when he started really hot. Jose Barrios, Araldis Chapman, Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, those are, yeah. When you look at that list and you're like, the end of the season, the only one on here, there, there are two guys on here that I was, I think, I was convinced we we're going to have really good years this year. That did not. Mm-hmm. Rysel Iglesias. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to have a good year, mm-hmm. and that whole team sucked. <laughs> we got the stink on him. And then the other one, Walker Bueller. Walker, yeah. Where did Walker? Where, have you where gone? did he go? <laughs> what a tough, tough year for Walker Bueller. You know. Anyways, sort of interesting on knowability of 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 this, but hopefully. We, we can think about that for next year. Yeah, I like this idea of knowability. I think that's something for us to for us to approach because it, it really tells you where you should be spending your fantasy, your finite amount of time that you can spend on fantasy. Yeah, and maybe we can walk more certain with more certainty on the pitching side, which means yeah. that you grab more, uh, you need to grab more hitters to be able to combat the stochasticity on that side Ooh, i like i like this for strategic well let, let me let me bring you in on my side here uh this is a problem yeah. this, you, what, this is only gonna, is this? only gonna take a minute uh this is a question that i've been wondering about for a while as a function of where you drafted in tgfbi 1 through 15 first round 1 through 15 how many points did you end up with and obviously the person with the highest points is the one who won tgfbi uh, and the person with the lowest points is hopefully a dead team because otherwise it's very sad. Uh, and then what I did is for each point in the draft, I looked, I asked what was the median point total for that point in the draft, and then what was the standard deviation. So what you're seeing is a scatter plot, and then you're seeing kind of a box and whisker plot where I didn't put the box on. Yeah. So you can see the outlier points here. Uh, you can see the trends here. You can see me picking in the first round and you picking in the eighth round on here as the blue squares eighth and ninth eighth ninth and 15th were the hardest rounds basically i can guarantee you not to pick 15th (laughs) 
there's there's a lot of we interesting there's a lot of interesting stuff to pull out here. So the winners are in the mid rounds. There seems like if you look at the extreme ends of this, it's the people in the mid rounds. And to me, that kind of makes sense because it's saying you're less likely to totally whiff in your first round, and then you have a mid second round pick also. But not even mid round. I mean, this is a because like from six, seven, eight, and nine. I know. Six, seven, eight, nine are especially nine and uh, eight, nine. But five and ten. So highly, highly stochastic in the in the mid rounds. Also, five and there's yeah. You've noticed exactly what I noticed first looking at this. There's a pattern. <laughs> like there's a pattern, but there's not a pattern. There's a pattern, but it's confusing. But it's it is essentially you you have this crapshoot from six to ten. Wow, I did not realize that I was drafting at such a deficit advantage at eight, but I in in drafting there, I did I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting. So so I don't know what to make of this. I mean, the question is, what do you do with this for the Kentucky draft style, Kentucky Derby style draft that we do? Is there any actionable item here? I don't know, because I mean, you have you have the guy who won drafted in round seven, but also one of the absolute worst scores came out of round seven. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. The only thing that seems clear to me is don't draft fifteenth. Don't draft fifteenth, and try not to draft eight and nine. And apparently, try not to draft eight and nine. There's a guy. There's a person from draft nine that did that killed it. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's highly stochastic in the middle. It's so funny because five and ten also have less stochasticity than the other rounds. Yeah. Why is That's, that? That was the other piece that I'm, I'm seeing. Harder to do better, harder to do worse. But they also, I mean, I guess they're they're the same side, they're flip sides of the coin, right? So you draft, you have a gap of 10 and a draft, a gap of 20 between your two rounds. No, you're gapping 10 and you're gapping 20. So... Oh, yeah, yeah, on the on the comeback, you're, you're drafting 10. Yeah. So so that's interesting. So, I mean, they are, they are a paired pattern. I wonder if there's anything to make of that. Should we do that? Should we do the, the like, the difference in... Yeah, I'm going to fold this and see what it looks like. I mean, it, now it really seems symmetric when you look at this, right? Like if I were to, if you were to symmetric. fold between 7 and 8, you'd be like, okay, there's, there's actually even more signal there than you thought. Ooh, all right, I'm going to do that. More information here, but this is this was a thing that had been bugging me for a while. I honestly... 8 th- is the worst. I, I mean, clearly congratulations. 8 is the worst. Congra- well, besides 15, but yes. No, yeah, because if you fold that on itself, that's exactly the pattern. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly you have you have an up you have the you have the um the Kuznet curve. Yes. No 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 it, it I agree with you. <laughs> which is not so which what, is not what I expected is, in the first place. Is that the number of picks between? I think that's my assessment. Is that it's it's just the number of picks between the way that the fantasy baseball economy works out, it's just where how what just the spacing that you want between picks. Because you can have because this is a really hard part at, at when you're at eight, because you're that means that you're you're sixteen between each pick, yeah, or fourteen or, 14. or sixteen, yeah, and then, but at five and ten, so you have you have two picks where ten apart is kind of predictable, twenty apart is not predictable, but you basically have kind of a pair of picks where you can predict every cycle. That was what was blowing, like just like pissing me off the whole time of the draft. It would just be like, okay, I just made a pick. I'm not going to pick for a long time. Do I go with a pitcher or do I go with a hitter? Is there going to be a third baseman? I I see three third basemen here that I like in the next 20 picks. 
all of a sudden they're all gone. And it happened to me very distinctly on the closers. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the gap is just too big. Okay. This is it. This is good. This is interesting. I'm intrigued by it. Well, this is going to be a fun off season. Let's get back to some stats 101 next week. But I think that our mission statements for the off season are are going to be are are going to be um, 2023 predictions. Let's try to mm-hmm. write it up um, and finalize 2022 predictions. And and then let's mention more players. Absolutely. I'm totally on board with that. I think that's great. I think that about brings us to the review session. Luis Castillo. All right. First actual full season stats. To keep myself honest, though, I'm actually going to start with the transaction logs for him because starts with the Cincinnati Reds at the point. So we're, we're, we're talking about him at his draft order. Started the season with the Cincinnati Reds mm-hmm. on the IL. Appears then uh, basically on the IL. Goes to the Dayton Dragons, goes to the Louisville Bats, teams that we, you know, <laughs> harbor something interesting for. No, well. The Cincinnati Reds activate him in early May, so he's basically misses a month of the season. Becomes an all-star. <laughs> he is an all-star. And then, right after the all-star break, the Reds trade him to Seattle. So, congratulations on extending your season a little bit, uh, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo's two, 2022 numbers here. He starts 25 games, eight wins, six losses. Pitches 150 innings across that, which is respectable, six six innings an outing. Uh, he's got an ERA of 2.99, a whip of 1.08, and in those 150 innings, 167 strikeouts. This is everything you like if he had a whole season. As someone who drafted him in a league, in a head-to-head league, in which we end early so that we avoid the tomfoolery of the, at the end of the season. This was a really frustrating player to own because he was great when he played. And, but by the time that he was, he was, by the time he was on a team that <laughs> could win games, <laughs> yep, it was, it was too late. It was just too late. Yeah, exactly. It di- it didn't help you because he spends he's with the Reds until basically August. He doesn't play at the beginning of the season. The Reds are not really trying to win this year. <laughs> Castillo is a bright spot, but how bright of a spot can you be in in this? I mean, even even his numbers for the Reds are pretty good. But I agree with you that you you've got to be feeling pretty burnt <laughs> by Castillo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did he did pretty well, but I th- it, you sort of knew it. It was like he's he might be injured. I think I think you knew, but I I don't know. He he wasn't an injury risk before this year, really. No, you knew it. No, actually, you you knew um, during drafting that he was going to be out. Yes, for the start oh of the yeah, season. I but agree. It with seemed that. like it was like he was going to miss the first start, and then he didn't show up. He didn't show up. He didn't show up. Right. That's I think I think that's what I I think that's more what I'm reacting to. I mean, I'm looking at his transaction logs. He didn't do anything. He had no. I th- this is actually the first time that he's hit the IL. Was this year? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't anything major. It was. It was pretty clear that he was going to be able to come back and be fine. Yeah, but, but getting last year, he had such a up and down yeah. year. Yeah. Right, because he he is he's an all star in 2019. He is not in 2020 or 2021. He is in 2022. I I agree with you. I mean, I don't know. Good numbers last year. Fine. Well, let me revise. Fine numbers last year. Where do you? Where did you draft him? Do you remember? Uh, same place as like the Alec Manoa and Shane McClanahan. I picked him over Alec Manoa and Shane McClanahan because I thought he was more of a known commodity. 
Well, he is a little bit more of a known commodity. And then he's going to be able to. I also thought like, okay, I have, I'm drafting a playoff team here, and he's going to help me down the stretch on, on my playoff right. team. <laughs> Which, theory of the case, kind of borne out, <laughs> but not for me. Uh, a couple of things uh, of him being able to help on the, you know, coming down the season. Absolutely. Uh, he's he's in the fourth percentile for extension, and I was never like, what, I wonder what that means. And then you watch him pitch, and you're like, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like he's not the biggest guy he has, yeah. he has no extension yeah a little surprising um he's willing to give up hard hits which i find interesting or in the sense that there's not much he can do about it his average exit velocity is pretty bad um yeah i think part of that is from we'll see how that happens when he's in a full season in seattle man does he look good in the in the, in the seattle oh uniform. no 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 he looks good i think we he's a guy actually that i will want to watch in the off season because he's going to be cheaper than McClanahan and Manoa next year by far. But he has some of a yeah, track no. record. So he's some, he is someone that I'm interested in seeing where his stock is on draft day. Because he has the stuff. Well, if, if Seattle makes it deep into the playoffs, his his, That's his true. stock is, is going to go Okay, good up. point. Good point. Because he's, he's really set up. Because it's like he doesn't have the same workload as even... Um, <laughs> Miles Mikolos, <laughs> 200 innings pitched this year, this year. Yeah, 100. I mean, 150 innings. I, was he on? Do you think he was on any sort of a, a limit? Because he's got 150 innings in 25 games started. I can't tell if they. I can't tell if they were actually throttling him or if that's just what he does. Because he's in an ERA under three. It doesn't seem like. It seems little ambitious to take him out that quickly. Um, I think he wasn't playing. He, he wasn't going as deep into games early in the season as. When he's early in the season this year, as um, other other players typically would have. Okay. So he was getting six innings because it was like we don't want to we, we don't want to break him. Yeah. And then also they were like we're showcasing him, but I think one of our selling points for this man is that he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. He st- still yeah. has a lot of tread on the tires yeah. this season. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati. <laughs> was not good this year no 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 i mean and i mean i feel like yeah i don't know it's kind of a bummer for for cincinnati to to let him go but happy to see him happy to see him on the mariners uh so you're okay so you are thinking that you would like him next year or not yeah yeah i think i think you you want i'm looking at this 2.99 era and thinking that's an obvious over under because he it's lower than his career but not incredibly so maybe he's maybe he's actually improving if i throw two if i throw three era are you taking the over or the under i'm taking the over if i throw 3.2 that's really hard i take the under at 3.3 i take the under at three i'll take the under at 3.25 okay i'll i'll set it at three point uh i i'm so i'm more bullish than you are so the question is where should we set the line that you want to take the over because I, I actually think I think he's going to be better than that. So how far down are you willing to push the line? How far down am I willing to take the over? Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's hard. Why is it not the same number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 3.1, I, I don't think that I would take the under. His FIP this year was 3.07. His XFIP was 3.23. His XERA was 3.33. I'll take the over on 3.0. Oh seven. I'll take the under. I think he's gonna be a. I think he's gonna be a three point oh pitcher. He's gonna have a good year next year. That's a pretty good ballpark to pitch. Exactly. 
is probably I mean the team is going to be no matter what happens in the postseason I don't think I don't think the Mariners are going to win it I'm sorry Mariners fans I think they're going to be hungry for it next year yeah Mm -hmm. so I fully expect them to go for it next year and I think he's going to be the number one Castillo will be part of that yeah 29 years old that would be good okay who are we doing next week we're talking about Joe Musgrove Joe Musgrove again Joe Musgrove oh my god we're probably gonna have to maybe see him in the playoffs here Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Mayor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, we're select to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah!